Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used, and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast. not Michael Reeves sorry Michael Reeve they just came up with this like weird looking 80s kid with glasses was probably him Keanu Reeves no Michael Reeves all right are you sure it's not Keanu Reeves Michael Reeves author there he is yeah that is a weird looking kid (laughs) sorry Michael (laughs) yeah Author. Okay, Michael Reeves is the is the president and professor of theology at the Union School of Theology. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him I've on seen him some documentaries. documentaries and stuff. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> All right. He's written a ton on gospel. Rejoice uh, and desiring tremble. God. That is a captivating title. That sounds. That sounds like it would be a good read. What is it called? Rejoice and tremble. Fear is one of the strongest human emotions, and it is one that often baffles Christians. Hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs 1.7. Fear is one of the strongest human emotions, and one that often baffles Christians. In the Bible, the picture can seem equally confusing. Is fear a good thing or a bad thing? And what does it mean to fear the Lord? Hmm. So this is a, a book about fear. Okay. By cool. Michael Reeves. That looks like a good nice. book. Nice. Awesome. Let's plug that. So does he talk a lot about uh, Spurgeon too? He's got a lot. Yep. Got, a, got so some books. He's, he's got some articles. I would love it. That would be great. So it's good, man. Well, the episode, last episode went really well. Lapiso- lap episode? La- <laughs> I said you did this thing. Lap episode. I couldn't even say purposelessness. I think purposelessness. Is it actual? I was thinking about that. Purposelessness? Is yeah, that what Purposelessness. Purposeless. So, Okay, ness. I think that's a word. <laughs> All right, purposeless. Purposeless. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Wow. This is this is us trying to figure out <laughs> stupid word. Well, we really do hope that you're doing well today. If you're listening to the show, yeah. So I hope you're doing well. Whether you you driving or what? what yeah, man. Wonder what are people's? What are the routines going to be? These are going to drop on Monday. People mm-hmm. are starting work. They're coming back off of like they've just had church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you better have, you bet you better have had church on Sunday. Yeah. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to track you down. I'm going to find you. We don't, it's the internet. We won't be dropping bombs though. No more, <laughs> no, no more, more bombs. No more dropping bombs. I'm not getting arrested again. Last week was rough. It was. <laughs> Do you know how much I, money I spent trying to get you out? Oh my gosh. Oh man. Definitions of purposelessness. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Purposelessness. The quality of lacking any defined purpose. I just said purpose. it is. So it is a word. It's a word. I just can't say it. All right. Nice. Anyways. <laughs> cool. So yeah, this is episode two. Uh, no, episode this two is... of us recording tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's Not... the reality. This is yeah. the second episode of one night. This is. That yeah. is fun. So that was like one of the first things we agreed to when we were thinking about what are we going to do with the podcast? Like, are we going to do that? Hey, man. How Pretend like it's like a week later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just did that, but you totally blew that out of the water. Oh, is that what you meant by that? Yeah. I said I got arrested last week after the episode. Oh, <laughs> that. 
<laughs> I wasn't actually trying now to you guys convince know people. that he wasn't actually arrested. Uh, well, it's actually not because this is our second episode. You very well could, could. be arrested. <laughs> the cops were out tonight on the way in, man. <laughs> they were. We Bath, heard them. Maine was under, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, if you guys watch. don't know, Bath, Maine is, it's, uh, it's a hard town. Some mean streets. Yeah, Middle Street. Middle Street. Shoot, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good, man. Well, we got a cool topic today. Oh, we got a great topic. Spurgeon is helping us out with. Um, It has, it runs the potential of having a little bit of controversy and offending some people. It does, right? For sure. For sure. So we're we're not going to speak of this lightly, but but we're this is a Spurgeon show. Yeah. And we're going to talk. We're talking about a little bit of history of Spurgeon. Yep. And I'm getting some help from another guy. We talked about him a little bit in the banter, uh, Michael Reeves. Um, so for the Spurgeon history, Michael Reeves, uh, he published a book through Crossway in 2018 called Spurgeon on the Christian Life. And maybe you've read it. And if you have, then you're familiar with this story. In this book, he recounts a fun piece of history that shows us a little bit of Spurgeon's humor while also providing us some good food for thought, too. So for a bit of context, Spurgeon, he had planned to take a day of enjoyment and relaxation with his students. Most of you guys know he, he, had, a Spurgeon, uh, he had a Spurgeon College. He didn't call it Spurgeon College, I don't think that. The Pastor's College. <laughs> that would be kind of funny if he just named everything. Uh, Spurgeon Welcome College, Spurgeon Church. College. Uh, what's, this, what's this discipleship pro- program called? Pro- the Spurgeon <laughs> Metropolitan <laughs> Tabernacle. <laughs> All right, I cannot talk. Two, what we can't in the do world? Two episodes in Dude, one night, <laughs> and this coffee doesn't even have caffeine in it. Maybe that's the problem. All right. Anyway, so most of you know that he had students, and he had a pastor's college, and he had planned for just a fun day out. And the story goes like this: It was a beautiful early morning, and on arriving, all were in high spirits, pipes and cigars alight. And looking forward to a day of unrestrained enjoyment, he was already waiting at the gate. Speaking of Spurgeon, he jumped into the box seat that was reserved for him, and looking around with astonishment, he exclaimed, What, gentlemen, are you not ashamed to be smoking so early? Uh, Pretend there's a British accent there. I will not try it. (laughs) It would be like half half Asian, half Australian. (laughs) I cannot do accents, okay? So just picture it. Just picture it with me. (laughs) What, gentlemen? Are you not... (laughs) Are you not ashamed to be smoking so early? Here was a damper. Dismay on every face. Pipes and cigars, one by one, failed and dropped out of sight. When all had disappeared, out came his cigar, his cigar (laughs) case. He lit up and smoked away serenely. Astonishment was on every face. One of the party nearest to him said, I thought you said you objected to smoking, Mr. Spurgeon. Oh, no, he replied. I did not say I objected. I asked if they were not ashamed. And it appears they were, for they have all put them out. And he puffed away quite serenely. Mm. So that was Michael Reeves' version of that story, and that is just absolutely incredible. Now, you may not agree with any of this. Already at this point, you might be just thinking, I cannot believe this. You, so you may not agree with this. If you're from a strictly legalistic background, lots of rules and regulations, you might 
really be diametrically opposed to the entire idea of, of any sort of anything entering your body other than just food. Chemi- chemicals gone, smoke gone. Clearly, the Prince of Preachers was not opposed to this. Mm. Now, wait a minute. Not Spurgeon. It could not be. He, w- he was such a holy and upright man. Right. Now, how in the world could he allow such an unholy habit to ensnare his life, he had to have been addicted. Must have. I mean, he, had, he was just, he was addicted. Yep. He was an addict. Dual life. Dual life, totally. <laughs> no, no, no. Spurgeon was well aware of the stigma. And if you read any of the stories and you delve into it, and I would encourage you to do this, do, the, do your own research. He was well aware of the stigma associated with cigar smoke. And in fact, we, we know that Spurgeon was actually even very careful of how he did this, knowing that there was potential that he could stumble people. And he was very aware of that. But for the record... Cigar smoking is drastically different from cigarette smoking, and, it's, and it was still the same in the 1800s. The proper way to smoke a cigar is actually without inhaling the smoke at all. So if maybe if you're listening and you're thinking, well, he must just be, his lungs must have been shot, right? Um, no, you don't inhale cigar smoke. That's the proper way to do it. Now, all that aside, the question should be asked, was Spurgeon wrong in this? Was he, no, we're not here to just affirm every action of Spurgeon. That's not what the Spurgeon Maniacs is about. We are allowed to disagree with Spurgeon, and so are you, and you're allowed to disagree with us, and that's fine. Mm. But we're bringing this to the surface. Was Spurgeon wrong in this? I don't believe that he was wrong to smoke cigars. And if you already know me personally, and you don't know that about me, cat's out of the bag. What? what? But, but you're a preacher. Yeah, but I'm a preacher. But that's actually not something that anyone can decide for you, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's a personal decision. That's, that's, we'll get to that in the scriptural segment, I believe. Reeves also, Josh is shaking his head no. No, no, no. I'm, okay. I, I was thinking about making a joke and it didn't, okay. I didn't do it, but then okay. I still just stared at you weirdly. And so it just, <laughs> like, I well, might as well. Maybe have. we're not going to talk about that in the scriptural <laughs> section. <laughs> no, I was just going to go to all the scriptures that say you're a heretic for smoking cigars. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So Reeves, the same author, goes on to see, he says something like this. Perhaps it is Spurgeon's cigar smoking that best reveals his sunny playfulness as well as his vivacious willingness to enjoy created things. Spurgeon famously said this actually from his own pulpit one evening and perhaps one of his most famous cigar quotes, which we have on one of our stickers, I believe. Is that true? Yeah. He, goes, he says this, I will go home tonight and smoke a good cigar to the glory of God from the pulpit. Yeah. In fact, Spurgeon, um, (laughs) (laughs) hold on, hold on, wait, (laughs) would scripture, not Spurgeon, would scripture support this? That's the question. Would scripture support this? Um, and so that's that's where we're gonna just shift. We're gonna let's, let's that's look a at good this. question. Yeah, let's look at the scripture. Okay, yeah. is that a good question? It's a that is a great question. Let's see how your answer is. I'm listening. Okay, Bible's uh, open. Pen, yep, Bible's open. Pens ready, and we shall begin. No, um. So what I mean, what do we say? Because all of this, man, all of this. The reason we're doing this is let's let's compare what happened with scripture. Let's let's dive in. So. One of the things that we see from this or some of the questions like you just ask, um, whether one sees smoking as a sin while another doesn't clearly Spurgeon didn't. And actually Spurgeon would, he would probably fall under the category of thinking alcohol was corruptible. He was a teetotaler. I have to interrupt you there, dude. I did some further research. I, 
I should have read your script a little bit, dude. He okay. Listen, listen, listen. He the was only not, reason I wrote this, I know, Joel. is because of me. So <laughs> there is some crazy. Like some people say that, and then I was doing a little research around this, and he was not a teetotaler. Now here, similar. So in the 1800s, you always read about water is not very clean. A lot of people were drinking beer. Mm. Like, it was just the way. I mean, a regular drink in that time was beer. So Spurgeon actually was okay with drinking beer. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's a great. Yeah. So that's. But just I do a think great he example, went back though. and forth yeah. in his life. And yeah. then I think there was a time where he actually challenged. So homework for everybody. There was a time in his life where he actually challenged someone to go um, a, a certain amount of time without drinking alcohol. And he agreed to it. And the other guy had a hard time. And Spurgeon's like, what? This is easy. Yeah. I'm so just anyway, not going yeah. to do so this. Anyway, take it away, Josh. Sorry. Awesome. Bad information. No, that's great. So, I mean, this is those are probably our big things. Alcohol, tobacco, tattoos, yeah. different thing. Like what what? What are we going to do about these things? So a natural route that everyone typically goes to in something like this, um, and actually the, the reason people usually go to it, it's just such a clear, beautiful way that God let us know his, his thoughts on this. And so we're going to go to Romans 14. It's a great section on brotherly love and, and how to uh, lift up one another. So Romans 14, 3. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. So obviously this is in a, in a much broader context where we can read all, you know, all 15, I think it's 15, 16 verses that fit in here. And actually, to be honest, I did originally have that. And then I just wanted to condense it because I mean, we're men and women of the Bible, so go go to your Bible, go into Romans 14, but the broader context of this is about freedoms. And one of those things I think often gets overlooked, and this was my vantage point going into this, was this is clearly about the weaker brother and how Christians have to conform everything to the weaker brother. And I would say that that's actually not the particular case in this. I don't think he's arguing if you're a Christian who finds freedom in these things, then you have to sacrifice that all the time for your weaker brother. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing about being weaker. Weaker does not mean defeated. Weak, weaker means weak. And what do we do when we are weaker? We become stronger. So in this, I think this is a great example where we encourage weaker brothers to grow in strength. Mm-hmm. So it is not the it is not the duty, please don't understand this as saying the duty of Christians is to convince everyone that smoking is good, drinking is good and everyone should get a tattoo. That that's not the case whatsoever, but this is a prime example of discipleship. They may never smoke in their entire life, mm-hmm. but we should be walking with weaker brothers and sisters and make them stronger in the case that when they see a Christian brother smoking a cigar somewhere that they just don't automatically fall into temptation of condemnation on them and fall into the snare of holier pious living. Like there is a genuine, wonderful freedom in Christ to do these sorts of things. So, uh, we, we think of these higher things, but this also comes into a broader context of scripture is not clear about tobacco. Mm-hmm. That right. that was not a thing that I, I I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say that this is this was not a concern in that time of, of tobacco use. Right. So here's a question. This goes out to my wife, who will completely understand what I'm about to say. 
is salted caramel pretzel ice cream a sin? No. Right? No. But that's not in the Bible. Add peanut butter. Add peanut butter is it, salted it, it, peanut butter? <laughs> Wait, where am I adding peanut butter in this? <laughs> to all of it. Okay. Just cover it in peanut butter. Just peanut butter. And then it's even less of a sin. Yeah, is that a sin? <laughs> because because there's things we can go to, it harms the body. You know, our body is a temple. It goes into all, the, all these scriptures that talk about those things, but it does not talk about, you know, and Christ has given you the freedom to have peanut butter, to have mm-hmm. ice cream. So we, we cannot just say smoking. We cannot just say drinking. We cannot just say these random things that we were grown up thinking that these things were sin mm-hmm. and then say, well, there's a general principle of being well. Like, okay, well, let's carry that general principle to every area of our life. If, if this is going mm-hmm. to be a division that separates Christians from non-Christians. So with that, what does that mean then? Let us instead follow the clear because by no means, again, a lot of caveats to this, but by no means am I saying there is freedom for everyone. Everyone do everything. And as long as Christ is here, Christ forgives all sins. So we Mm. can do everything. Mm -hmm. Let us go get drunk and burn down the bar for the love and glory of Christ. No, because there is clear, there is clear instruction about drunkenness, about self-control, about uh, harming others, all those things. So what do we do? Let's follow the clear and love people in the vague. Let us not jump to conclusions. Let us go to scripture above all. And then lastly, to kind of wrap this whole section up, let us do all of this to the glory of God. Because in that same section, we come to 14 verse 8 in Romans. For if we live we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Amen. Yeah. Let in all things we are the Lord's. And that means you have to you have to back it up. Like, is the Lord going to be fruitful in this? Because you can't put that yeah. stamp on anything you want. Yeah. Is the Lord going to be glorified in this? Yeah. 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 You said is the Lord going to be fruitful? Just bringing that to your attention. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think he will. Well, the Lord is always fruitful. So if that is so our I, question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think mean, I the said Lord's anything wrong. <laughs> I'm standing on this one. <laughs> you stand on it, man. Hey, everyone. This will only take a second of your time to tell you about our conference and a special deal. Our conference is officially official. That means our first annual Spurgeon Conference will be held at New City Church, 150 Congress Ave, Bath, Maine on May 26th and 27th. The first night's going to include an opening to the conference, dinner, and a live recording of Spurgeon Maniacs. The next day will be packed with sessions from James Renahan, Jeff Chang, Ed Romine, and our very own Joel Littlefield. We're going to have giveaways, we're going to have lunch, coffee, and wonderful fellowship with the saints. Those of you listening to this podcast get a special promo code. Go to our link in the show notes to our Eventbrite page and type in the promo code SPURGEPOD. That's S-P-U-R-G-E-P-O-D, and you will get $20 off that ticket price. We hope to see you all there. Now back to the podcast.
No, that that's this is a good topic. It is a hard topic. I, and this is probably um, I don't know. I've had this conversation with so many different people in in years of just following Christ. Is this wrong? Is this a sin? Um, I love Spurgeon's. Or I'm gonna. I'm just kind of follow his the way he sort of stands on this. Um, and you brought it up in scripture. It just is. Is this truly going to glorify God? Now, how free are we to determine what is glorifying to God? Well, we like you said, discipleship has to be scriptural. Yeah. It can. Can you? So I looked up this text. I wanted to be able to read it. <clears throat> but this is. I mean, this. This is really. We're looking to. Not only is it. Is it something that I'm allowed to do? But Paul even brings this up. Is it something that's beneficial? Right. So maybe. Mm. Maybe you'd say, well, it would not be beneficial for me. Yep. Not, only, not only am I kind of convicted that I shouldn't be doing this, it afflicts my conscience. So he says in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Mm-hmm. So there was self-control, and that comes into so many topics. So uh, many. W- whether it is alcohol or tattoos or, or cigarettes or food, whatever you're doing, you might check off all those boxes and say, I can do this to the glory of God. And yeah, in fact, it, I think it could be beneficial for me, but as soon as you lose self-control, mm. you're in sin. Mm-hmm. If you're doing too much of that thing, and I think Spurgeon would have admitted that as well. Uh, you know, he, they, I think they say that he maybe smoked about a cigar a day mm-hmm. um, when he was smoking, but again, not inhaling, mm-hmm. right? And so, and there's, here's a cool thing about, about Spurgeon. He goes on to say, because what happened was in the pulpit after he said that famous line, the, the the complete story was that another guest preacher was in the house that night and was actually sort of rebuking him for mm-hmm. what he had said. Indirectly. So he, indirectly. Yeah. So he goes back up to the pulpit and says, no, I still mean what I said. I'm still <laughs> going to do that. But here's what he said. The expression smoking to the glory of God standing alone has an ill sound, and I do not justify it. But in the sense in which I employed it, I still stand to it. No Christian should do anything in which he cannot glorify God. And this may be done according to Scripture, in eating and drinking and the common actions of life. When I have found intense pain relieved, a weary brain soothed, and a calm, refreshing sleep obtained by a cigar, I have felt grateful to God and have blessed His name. Mm. This is what I meant, and by no means did I use sacred words triflingly. Mm. Isn't that cool? That's brilliant. Like, and and ninety nine percent of the time, when people are arguing for, oh, I'm a Christian, I can drink, I can smoke. How often are they actually genuinely grateful to God in mm. a humble sense of, he here's a created thing that I'm enjoying to God's glory. I'm not abusing it, but God be glorified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Oh, absolutely. I loved it. How much? I mean, a, a couple of things. One is like, how many of us have, you know, chicken and rice and carrots? as like a dinner. Mm -hmm. Now, how many of us do that unto the glory of God? I think those are two very different attitudes. Like I I don't think one could say bad or good about that topic. Right. But are we doing it unto the the glory of God? Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah. The other thing I I wanted to say, and we can, we can uh, move past this, but I wanted to just think about putting this into a very real context today Mm. where obviously smoking is still, still taboo for a lot of people, but I think a really pointed area in which this would hurt, uh, not hurt, but really get on a lot of people's toes is modesty. Sure. I think that's probably, um, one of Christianity's biggest hindrance Mm -hmm. on 
what is like, what is true modesty mm-hmm. and what is sin. Um, and a lot of that, I mean, I, I don't want to take up this whole section and we can quickly move past it, mm-hmm. but a lot of this falls under that, that thing that Paul wrote in Philippians, is this beneficial? Mm-hmm. I think it's a great, yeah. a great way to, to sum something up. Yeah. Yeah, is it beneficial? That's yeah. right. If yeah, and if you could ask that about everything and be honest about it, mm-hmm. sure you can ask it. But are you are you seeking the Lord in it? Is there a genuineness of seeking the Lord? Is this beneficial for my life? Yeah, that and would, that that would answer a lot of questions. And that goes for men and women. Oh my word, yeah. That is not like uh, women only need to be modest. Yeah, I've seen some men wear some things. What in what in the world? Take yeah. that, like change that. Come on, man. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> Yeah. So there's obviously, there's a lot of different categories that sort of fall into this. Um, I think it would be good just for the sake of the, the sensitivity of this topic that we should sort of, um, as we're wrapping it up, just be able to say, this is not an an endorsement saying that Christians now have all Christians now have the freedom to go drink alcohol and, and go you, there are, there are friends that I have that I know that tell me in Christ that they cannot and should not drink alcohol, but they Mm -hmm. recognize that somebody else might have that freedom and would not be in sin. It's not an affliction to their conscience. They have self-control, um, mm-hmm. and they are able to do it w- yeah. with with uh, moderation and to the glory of God. Yeah. And I think that's that's at its finest. That's where you recognize freedom. Not only does the person doing it recognize the freedom that they're free to do it, but the one who has abstained is also free not to do it. Yeah, that's true freedom in Christ. Yeah, self-control that is given to you by the Holy Spirit. So that you you lead and govern your life based on the Word of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah, yeah. wine being used in communion. Like, do we do we right. have to do we have to drink wine? Right. In communion. Yeah. Can can we do grape juice? Mm. Yeah. I like yeah, me some can, grape juice, man. I love grape juice. Yeah, but Sugar. but I would be okay with wine too. Like I would. I, like I would not. That would be and beautiful to be honest. That, right. Jesus used wine. You cannot you cannot make the case that they used grape yeah, juice. Yeah, but it was like 0.04 alcohol oh, per volume. Man, don't like, it was even just go different. There. Yeah, Jesus made a bunch of watery <laughs> wine too at the wedding of Cana. Even yeah. though they're like, this is the best. This is the best one. I've never had water watery wine like this before. It's Where beautiful. Where did you get this water, Jesus, to make this amazing he wine? He did turn water into wine he had one of those little um <laughs> droplet one of those things that you buy to add flavor to <laughs> yeah, water that's all he did he just, bloop, bloop, yep. he just dropped yeah anyway wow this, <laughs> whew, this conversation just went um, to an amazing place yeah uh but i i do think yeah I, I would hate somebody to come yeah uh, i definitely want to go back send to send an email or like hey i cannot believe you guys that's that's not what about a, someone who struggles with alcoholism are you mm-hmm. saying like you need to get them to like be okay with it and all that stuff not even close yeah. not even close no no, and I think most people know. They know where their boundaries are and what what would be sin for them. Yeah. Um, we would both agree and say that if there's somebody who struggles with alcohol, in that you drink it in excess and you're and you're regularly heading towards drunkenness, you should abstain. Yeah, you should abstain from alcohol. Yep. Maybe at a later later place in your life, through discipleship and growth, God will give you a freedom to to do that without sin. But if not, don't do it. Stay yeah. away from it. And here's here's a random thought too to hopefully close this up for the third time. Yeah. Do you think any in closing in closing, twenty minutes? You're gonna later, land this plane, Josh. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I am, and it's gonna happen in about eight seconds. Okay, that's how we land the plane. No, uh, that was a good ref. Thank you for that, Joel. Appreciate that. Uh, can you have that kind of truly, truly, truly? Do you think you can have that kind of wisdom, 
of abstaining and not abstaining away from the church, away from the regular fellowship of believers. Are you asking me that yeah. question? I think you will struggle hard. Right? Yeah. Like imagine this kind of like uh, this freedom, this freedom that we have, and it's up to you and you alone mm-hmm. to create those boundaries on what is good and what is wrong right. without zero friendship, support, accountability. rebuke, yep. accountability. Mm-hmm. Like you're just by yourself. You're going to figure out what is right and what is good. It's not, it wasn't designed to be done that way. No. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. We need the church and that's a good, yeah. So, so get to way. church. Yeah. Guys. Get, to get church. in fellowship. Be, mm-hmm. be in close proximity to believe believers that are going to help you navigate all of this stuff and be in the word. Just be in God's word. How much of our struggle is just, well, what's the Spurgeon quote that we're going to be putting on some shirts and some stickers? Half our sins arise from neglect of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Half our sins arise from neglect of the Bible. Yep. So be in the Bible. Be in the Bible. We can follow Spurgeon in that, I think. Whether you agree with his cigar smoking or not, he was a man of God's word, and he seemed to enjoy God's created things. Yeah. So enjoy those created things. Enjoy those created things. Enjoy them to the glory of Christ. In moderation. In moderation. Self-control. self-control. Follow yeah. the Spirit. Follow the Word. And then once you're done doing all that stuff, go to our Facebook page, Aspergen Maniacs. And then you can also give us a follow there. You can see the content we're putting out. And then you can also join our Facebook private group. That's where a lot of us get together. We share common Spurgeon quotes, uh, discussion, and you can join all of that there. And then you can also give us a five-star review. Do it. You have that freedom. You know you want to. (laughs) You know it's right. I can hear it's tugging on your heart right now. I can feel it. It's it's Why do you have to show off with your accent? (laughs) Because... I can't help it. It just oh. shows it just shows up randomly. I can't do it. Or I can't not do an accent <laughs> is what I meant to say. Nice. Yeah. So give us that review. Um, share these episodes. That's how this stuff is going to grow. That's how we're going to get more people involved. Show people not just like get people involved in Spurgeon, but get people involved in Spurgeon because he points to the scriptures and he points to the church. And that's what we want to do. Amen. We want to grow the kingdom. Amen. And this hopefully will be a great platform to do that. So. Conference. Conference is coming up. I, I think we could say they'll have a link to the registration in the show notes. Yeah. So by this time, oh, yeah. definitely by this time, there's going to be an active registration. We are 99% sure of our venue. So that will be there as well. All of that stuff. You're going to, any. there's no more wait for us on that information. By this time in the show notes, look down. There's going to be a place where you can register. Tell your friends. Share it. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be awesome. Who's yeah. speaking? So Jeff Chang. Jeff Jeff Chang. <laughs> I'll say his name since last time you called him something else. No, I deleted that. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, it's so. not there. Jeff but Chang. it was terrible. Jeff Chang, Ed Romine, Dr. James Renahan, and Dr. Chang. And Dr. Ren, do- uh, yeah. Romine. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Not, let's not say they're all, yeah, they're exactly. all doctors. And yeah. then we're just <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> easily... Right. Yeah. Pastor Joel will be there too, but do you have a bachelor's degree? I have no degree. I don't. Yeah, me either. I dropped out of technical school and have done like four classes in seminary. That's awesome. That's awesome. But it was at the Spurgeon College. Nice. Which is why we're here today. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. We uh, owe it all to the Spurgeon College. We owe it all to the Spurgeon College. Awesome. Yeah. So we look forward to seeing you there, hopefully. And uh, you guys have a good See you next time. Bye.